This is Paul. I This is going to be a short video. I'm not going to do a lot of commentary, basically, because there's not a lot of disagreement, but I just wanted to say a couple of things. Uh, Gavin Ortland and, um, and Glenn Scrivener did a video, apparently did a couple of videos when I searched it. One of you sent it to me. And talked about ARC, talked about Jordan Peterson, and they, they basically... Um, gave a critique of Peterson and his theology and his work from a, basically from a Reformed Protestant evangelical perspective. Theologically, these guys are very, very close to me, so there's not a lot that would be different. I'll play, I'll play a little bit of the introduction. Jordan Peterson is speaking to modern hunger in ways that many churches and many pulpits are not. And there are lots of young men aching for fatherly instruction and not getting it in the church. And we've got to the limits of what that worldview can deliver. And I think people are miserable, utterly miserable. And and it's a little bit like the, the, the younger son going into the far country and ending up in the pigsty. The money always runs out. The famine always hits. Hey, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Truth Unites. I'm here with my... So it, it was a it was a fine conversation. I'll have the link below. Um, Glenn was with me at the art conference. So again, we're we're pretty much on the same page. Glenn walked through something that I've spoken about about Peterson's work for six years, sort of the directionality of it. I wanted to make a couple of points though on the question of why Jordan is so capable of attracting this attention, and I think opening up people's imagination. The first point um, at which has been made by, um, by my friend Mark Lefevre, by Adam Friended, by people again and again and again make the observation that in our culture, many people are allergic to what they perceive of as the supernatural. So a naturalistic approach, which is what Jordan is doing, gains an audience while any of the three of us who are Christian clergy will immediately sort of get shut down because we don't have credibility, because we believe in something that has been dismissed and in the minds of others discredited. Now, as Justin Brierly and Jonathan Peugeot and many others have pointed out that is going away. I just finished a two-hour-plus video on Sam Harris and his conversation with Jordan Peterson and just kind of walking through Sam's worldview and his theory of evil. Even Sam Harris is wandering into enchanted land via phenomenology. And so this recession of modernity continues, and as this continues, this objection that um, that people have to Christian ministers, um, that Jordan Peterson sort of gets around, will increasingly be receding. And the reason it will be receding is because of combinatorial explosiveness. Now, I have this in a different browser, but I can just pull it up right here. Um, one of the, I just, I'm halfway through really a wonderful conversation. The problem is once I turn on the camera and start talking, I keep talking. I complained about Sam Harris, but I'm exactly the same way. Um, just halfway through a really good conversation between John Verveke and Sam Tiedemann. 
about AI. That's actually what Sam works on. And the whole first part of the conversation where Sam talks about the fact that they want to sort of train AI to make emergency rooms better. But Sam points to basically the combinatorial explosiveness of an emergency room and the, um, the multiplicity of perspectives that, is this a good emergency room? How would you test it? Well, I guess you could look at death. You could look at cost. You could look at surveys of customer satisfaction. You could look at wait time. You could look at morale of the staff. You could all of these things. But in something as complex as an emergency room, it's tremendously hard to get a handle on this. And Sam's point is that AI just really can't get a grasp of this. So they talked about AI. I was thinking about that with respect to churches. It's similar. You know, it's it's in many ways a similar thing um, that you can't, you can't even sort of get a handle on this in churches. Any two people go to church, they have this idea. So combinatorial explosiveness and the realization within science is one of the primary drivers that is breaking down modernity. Postmodernity did it to a degree with its realization of perspective and judgment and narratives from perspective. Now combinatorial explosiveness is bringing narrative back and but it is, it is destroying this monarchical vision, this monofocality that modernity afforded. And so that is a piece of it. The second thing, though, that I think that I've talked about for a very long time is part of what Jordan Peterson is doing in the, in the, in the fact that modernity is going away is he is bringing back, as I often call, God number one. What do I mean by that? And I don't mean God number one is God the Father and God number two is the Son, although there's a, there's a sense of that, except for the fact that, of course, the Lord in the Old Testament is very much an agent, very much a character. But again, this is stuff I've been talking about for a very long time. If you look at Ezekiel Kaufman's book on the religion of Israel, he notes that, and you can, you can look at Christine Hayes' work on this as well, because she very, very much takes it from, you can note that God is an arena as well as an agent for the Hebrews. And it's that arenic quality of God. It's the sense of God. Now, it's in a recent video where John Verveke and um, Ian McGillchrist and Daniel Smachtenberg, that was an outstanding video, McGillchrist came out as a panentheist there. And and I I myself, much to the consternation of Luke and some other people, tend to avoid that word partly because I'm I'm not all I'm not exactly sure what all the word entails, so I'm not gonna subscribe to it because I don't want to subscribe to anything that's gonna get me in trouble. But there the idea is that God is both agent and arena. And every time you look at how Jordan Peterson talks, and this is part of what accounts for his bottom upness here, because as a scientist, he is always sort of looking at the arena. He is always looking, and of course, deism sort of sets science up for that. He is always looking at this arena quality. And then suddenly you begin to see that God is, I like to use, out of the book of Isaiah, because as a Protestant, if I pull it out of the Bible, I've got good cover. Isaiah goes into the temple and the seraphim cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. That's very much God number two. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's God number one. And I've used the C.S. Lewis um, 
observation which he gets from Dorothy Sayers about the the author and the work of art. I've used that with respect to where could you find Tolkien in Middle Earth? Well, Middle Earth is full of Tolkien, but you can't find Tolkien in Middle Earth because, and again, that's not a perfect analogy, but it's an important analogy. And so much of what Jordan Peterson has done was help the people of this Middle Earth see Tolkien. But now, Tolkien shining through different aspects of things. Now, some of this, I just recently did a video about his kind of, Jordan Peterson's conversation with Sarah Hill, which was just an astounding, exceptional video. But we, we're going to have to deal with evolutionary psychology in this because evolutionary psychology is a way that this is happening. So it's not just Jordan. And that's where this is getting far beyond just Jordan, and it's John Verveke. John Verveke is a non-theist. Jordan's particular, you know, his particular relationship with all of this. So I th Christians tend to do the critique that that Gavin and, and Glenn did, and that critique is fine. I, I agree with it. That is a critique of Jordan Peterson from a Christian theological perspective and also from a pastoral perspective because... As a pastor, I regularly find people who are unable. They've fallen, they're fallen, and they can't get up. And and so I, I admonish them to cry out to Jesus and let Jesus rescue them. And so God number two will very much come in and do the rescuing. And when you pray, you are very much relating to God as agent, not just God as arena. But it is this... God number one, and you can go all the way back to my initial commentary on Jordan Peterson and, and Sam Harris, because that's where it came out so starkly between the two of them that part of what happens in part of what happens in the middle to late 20th century is God um, evangelicals so emphasized the agency of God that God became to be understood by new atheism as a super thing in the sky. Now, of course, the Lord and Jesus are agents and the Holy Spirit is an agent. All three persons of the Trinity have this arenic and this agentic quality. But what happened was that with basically this background of scientific deism, you couldn't understand the arenic qualities of God. And that's exactly what Jordan Peterson has brought forth. That, exa that is exactly when Jonathan Peugeot sees Jesus as agent, but Jesus as filling the cosmos and sees the pattern of Jesus as the pattern for how the world works. Again, that's very much a God number one move. And it is the re-entry of God number one into the system, the cultural system, that is bringing about these changes now there are going to be downsides with this too and and we're already seeing it the new a the new atheists were completely wrong that again when people stop being religious and in the way that they are religious they tend to get religious in all these other ways and that's again why a lot of the new atheists the not the anti-woke new atheists are basically turning to embrace at least to ally with Christianity because they look at what the post-Christian world looks like and they say, oh, well, we, we, we'd much rather have the Christians large and in charge than these other people because it's getting weird. So 
we're losing science. We're losing all of these things that we enjoyed in modernity because Christianity actually sort of fixed the universe and gave it a structure. And once people sort of get beyond that structure, anything goes and people are all over the place. So again, I very much recommend this video, but I wanted to make that point that Jordan Peterson is, it's not just sort of his capacity as a preacher, although, I mean, he's got all the rhetorical skills. It's, I think, again, it's the fact that he is being able to vocalize and initiate and point to the presence of God, the whole earth is full of his glory, and have people see that. And then once they, once they see the spirits again, once they see the glory of God, once they get a sense that this arena has, in fact, an agentic aspect, then they go looking for the agent. And again, Christianity has so deeply impacted the West, sort of like Ayan Hirsi Ali. Once they go looking for that agent and they see Jesus, they often say, yeah, that's... And then it follows, so... Just wanted to make that point, so very much recommend this the video and um, leave a comment.